Welcome to the SMB Community Podcast with your hosts, Amy Babinchak, James Kernan, and Carl Polichuk. Produced by and for the Small Biz Thoughts community. We're dedicated to making every IT professional a successful IT professional. Are you still relying on a frustrating patchwork of legacy solutions? Modernize your cybersecurity and data protection with Acronis CyberProtect Cloud. It's a single solution that combines backup, anti-malware, and endpoint protection management. As an MSP, you can easily improve client security posture, eliminate complexity, and generate more recurring revenue. Learn more about Acronis CyberProtect Cloud at acronis.com. Welcome to another SMB Community Podcast. This is Carl Polichuk, and I'm joined today by Scott Lopez, who is the creator of AOM, and our longtime friend, Harry Brelsford, who is the creator of pretty much everything else in the SMB space. So <laughs> welcome, gentlemen. Um, uh, Harry, why don't you introduce Scott, and then we'll let Scott uh, fill in a little more information. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, what I know to be true about Scott is he's a, a true entrepreneur and salesperson coming off his first career at Ingram Micro, where he was doing some really innovative stuff. And after leaving Ingram, uh, part and partial to that was moving to Austin, Texas. So we find ourselves in the same neighborhood and working closely on his alternative to OEM maintenance um, conglomerate, for lack of a better word. Uh, Scott, I think I got it right, but... Yeah, it sounds... I like that word. I like conglomerate, that's for sure. <laughs> Very good. So, Scott, uh, what else What, what else do we need to know about you? Yeah, well, as, mentioned, as Harry mentioned, right, I, I started at Ingram Micro back in 1996, but before that, I'd actually joined the Army at, at the age of 17 years old, and um, lucky enough to, because I didn't go to college, to get my first job at, at Ingram Micro out of the, out of the Army, so... I got a really good lesson in everything IT, right? When you work for a distributor, you're selling mouse pads to, to million dollar servers, right? So get to know the lay of the land for sure around the channel. And um, that's you know what AOM is really about. AOM is a, is a term that we've coined, which is alternative to OEM maintenance. And it's basically third-party maintenance for the channel, right? I, I'm, a, I'm a DISTI guy, I'm a channel guy. So I like using the distribution channel um, do not like selling direct to end users, right? It's like to have that one throat to choke. So um, AOM platform and model, again, was the channel's answer to third-party maintenance. And it's basically a channel-friendly TPM world, right? Because most of the people that you're buying from in the third-party world are maybe competitors of yours as well. So we figured that it was time to create something new that was channel-friendly for the, for the reseller partners. Very good. So let me break this down a little bit. And can, can you walk us through an example of what the old OEM system looks like compared to the new? So for example, I want to sell an HP server. I go to Ingram. I buy the server. Uh, I sell it to my clients and set it all up. And then with luck, they'll hire me to support it but if something goes wrong with the hardware, they call HP and HP sends out somebody to fix it. How is that different from the new AOM model? Yeah, so, so really AOM is to extend the life of that server, right? If you, you probably know and most people um, in, the, in the IT world, the mean time before failure on most networking equipment and servers is about 20 years, right? So 
people, especially today in today's uh, climate, we're, we're trying to extend the life of our network and people just aren't refreshing as often as they were for a couple of reasons, right? A couple of factors involved now. Before it was refresh every three years, right? Um, and, and the economy has been doing well, so people had done that. Well, things have kind of slowed down, and obviously with COVID the last couple of years, the budget to refresh the networking side got spent on work from home equipment, laptops and monitors, things like that. So that's one reason why AOM was important right now. Um, and, and then obviously we're kind of looking at, we're looking at a slowdown at a, at a recession here. So um, companies of all sizes are looking for ways to extend the life of their network. And the first thing that people do to extend the life of their network is go to third party options, right? So as you mentioned, when you had HP or Cisco or any major OEM, you would buy their smart net or care pack or their maintenance product. Well, after about three years, that, that maintenance product from the OEM gets very expensive. And the reason why is they want you to refresh, right? They make it so where, let's just throw some random numbers out there, right? Well, if you want years four and five coverage, it's $90,000, or you can refresh the entire hard, hardware um, network for $100,000. They right. make it to where it makes more sense just to go buy a new product. Well, people aren't doing that today. So they're looking to an alternative to OEM, hence the AOM, right? Solution. Um, that's it. Pretty simple. And, and as you mentioned right now, instead of buying your OEM for support, you call our, our TAC um, team and, and you're getting, you know, level one, 11 three TAC right off the bat. You're still getting your Cisco CCIE certified engineers. And, you know, when it comes to IBM and HP, you're still talking to the same exact engineers you were talking to at half the price. So, and, and it's sold through distribution? Yeah, so that's the difference between our model, right? When I first started to get to, just let me back up a little bit too. My, my background um, in DISTI for the last 10, 15 years has been third-party hardware, right? And third-party hardware is basically same thing, right? Instead of buying an OEM branded transceiver or memory module or any kind of data center accessories, you buy a third party, right? And as everyone knows, Cisco doesn't make memory, right? HP doesn't make memory. They create the technology and then they have a contract manufacturer make the hardware for them. And th those guys reach out to companies like Samsung for memory, right? Matter of fact, there's only three people in the world that make memory, Samsung, Hynix, and Micron. But you probably know 50 names off the top of your head. So I started working with add-on computers about 15 years ago, who was distributed at that time exclusively through Ingram Micro. Um, and that was third-party hardware, right? Um, my last big contract was working for a company to build a house brand of third-party um, data center accessories for Ingram Micro called Netpatables. And um, I had about a year left on a non-compete. I moved to Austin and I was kind of getting a little burnt out on the third-party hardware world. And, <laughs> And third-party maintenance is about five years ago. Third-party maintenance had just started blowing up, right? And because we're DISTI guys, I didn't know who Park Place Technologies was. Never heard of them because distribu distribution's role in, in is, is to is to refresh every three years, right? Not to make stuff to last longer. DISTI's job is not to extend the life of a network. It never has been. So the third-party maintenance was new to everybody in the channel, right? But working with the big NSPs out there and CDW and even the smaller guys too, but all the big resellers, I kept on hearing this, this, this company, Park Place Technologies. 
So I work really closely with a very large global MSP and asked them, hey, what do you guys do for your third party maintenance? And they were using another company, um, another very large international company as well to support them. Um, and then digging in a little bit more, I realized how many layers there were in third party maintenance, right? One guy gets the contract, they sell it to another guy, that guy sells another guy. The guy turning the wrenches is another small regional guy. So I thought to myself then and there, well, there's that many layers, I can include distribution. I can include the distribution channel and sell through Disney. So um, that was the first, that was kind of my, uh, the first yeah, really big idea, yeah. right? And then from there, I went and did a little more research. How do we make it easier to consume third-party maintenance through distribution, right? And in our world, if it doesn't have a skew, we're not going to buy it. It's, it's got to be very easy and quoting has to be easy. So we created a lot of automation around our process compared to the guys that are out there now, right? And our competitors in this channel or in, in this business in third-party maintenance, these guys are 35, 40-year-old companies, massive, great companies, by the way. But their model is to sell direct to the end user. And now they're trying to dip into the channel. Well, as you know, in distribution, you either have to be direct to end users or sell through Disney. You can't do both. So essentially, what we found out too was the main guy, the biggest guy out there that was selling third-party maintenance, 80% of their business was direct to end user. So they were also growing very large at the NSP level. CDW, Insight, SHI, some of these guys had um, programs that were powered by this large TPM partner. And about three years ago, I told my, my, my NSP partners and friends, you guys are crazy to, to one, list their name because now they know you're not doing the work, right? You're saying professional services powered by this guy, but two, they sell direct to end users. They're gonna start taking your customers direct. Yeah. And well, and, and Carl, I'll, I'll translate for the SMB and SP audience. So, so think of a well-known um, hardware manufacturer in North Austin <laughs> that we've all worked with. And I had this experience um, back when I carried the bag, but you know, I, I'd buy a fleet of uh, their laptops and I'd put it at the commercial real estate company. And then maybe a year later, sometime later, they were starting to get direct postcards from this company up in North Austin to get the latest model of laptop. And so the translation here is by going through distribution, um, and as Scott likes to say, and I'll, I'll let you pick it up in a second about mm -hmm. it's your best friend, but a distributor will never call the law firm or the medical mm -hmm. clinic or the veterinarian practice, right? They, that's not what they do. <laughs> But exactly. those firms maybe in the past have received postcards. But yeah, you said it's the, the yeah. distributor's your best friend. Well, well I, I have, this morning. I've always been a big believer that uh, whoever dings the credit card owns the client. So, right. you know, <laughs> I, yeah, I want absolutely. to ding the credit card. That's the way that works. So, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's important. You can't, I, I was talking, we had a meeting this morning or another, another another call this morning, an interview, and I was saying, listen, as far as I'm concerned, because I came from Disney, if there's not a distributor involved, you're not really channeled. If they're not, if there's not a distribution, a distribution partner involved in your sales process, then you're not a channel partner. If you're selling direct to an end user, that's not channel. Yeah, that's direct, right? So, and you have to play both sides of the, you can't play both sides of the apps. Yeah, so you have to choose, are you channel or are you direct end user? Because eventually, you know, I had some heated conversations with some with executives and, and C-level executives at major accounts. And, you know, when I was explaining to them, they're going to take your customers direct, watch your attrition on renewals, 
I bet you you're signing them up and they're taking the renewal yeah. a year later. You're not getting that. And they said, no, Scott, we've got deal registration with these guys. They have, we've got deal reg. They can't do that. I'm like, you know what they call that on their side? Lead generation. <laughs> I <laughs> promise you it's happening. And oh, guess what? Absolutely. Yeah, it turns out, turns out our biggest, our biggest accounts or our biggest part, our biggest customers today, as far as maintenance goes from our biggest NSP partners, um, our, our fortune 50, fortune 500 companies, right? Because it happened to they, and, and I loved getting the phone call and I was like, all right, Lopez, I don't want to hear I told you so, but <laughs> they, took a, they took it direct. Well, and Carl, are you still, um, th that sentiment still exists more than ever about the MSP getting cut out of the transaction or the relationship? Oh, yeah. That's yeah. I, especially, I mean, I don't have to be quiet about naming names. So I will say, especially with Dell, right? Oh. They, they they brag about competing directly against their own partners, all right? It's it's built into their blood. And no matter how many times they redo their own sales process, they still have internal salespeople who get motivated enough by money that they don't have any choice. Mm -hmm. They sell against the partners. That's the way the world works. Yeah, sure. So, and, you know, let me, if you don't mind, let me uh, catch another conversation that flew by. Scott was referring to the pandemic uh, economy. And the AOM consumption um, is actually counter-cyclical. And it's a very simple way to think about it. He talked about the spin shift to laptops uh, so they couldn't refresh the data center. But the example I tend to use is that well-known um, car extended warranty service you see on TV frequently. <clears throat> and um, they're actually doing quite well because in tough times, what do you do, right? I, I, I don't wanna go buy a new car right now. I'd rather extend the maintenance warranty on my existing car another two or three years and get the clutch and the transmission covered, right? So it's the same analogy that it's counter cyclical, if that makes sense. Yep, absolutely. So when I go to buy this, do I have to have a relationship with AOM or do I just go to uh, TD Cynics or Ingram or whoever and, um, and just look for maintenance SKUs? Yeah, that's another great question. That's another reason why I love distribution, right? If I was a third-party maintenance company starting out and I went to go call in a company like E+, they would say, well, what do you do? Third-party maintenance. Well, I've already got 10 partners that do that. No, thank you. Right? Today we go, no, we're already available, skewed up at TD Cynex. You can actually look us up in your ERP today. So another, another great thing about you know, the automation around distribution, right? Today with any other third-party maintenance provider, to get a quote on something, it's an actual manual process, right? You send a, you send someone at a bid desk, a part number, right? I've got a Catalyst 3750 and, and then they want to know what, what's the serial number, where it's, what, what zip code it's at, what location it is, you know, how old is it, all this information. And they take all this, this data and they give you a price to do maintenance on that, right? Well, because we're DISTI guys, we quote the exact same way the OEM quotes. You get a percentage off of list. It's that simple. You have a Cisco, you have a Cisco part number and we have MSC, we have um, Cisco or OEM map price. Well, your price from, from AOM is 55% off of list to yep. the end user instead of 23% off of yep. list. So it's very simple. And we've also created our own skewing process to be able to quote any OEM, as long as you have a SLA part number and SLA um, map price, our part numbers are, ALT TPM-750 would be 
any MS, any, any map price that was $700 to $750, right? So we just used their pricing to, to design a, a pretty simple um, pricing model, right? Which made it very easy for anyone to consume. Well, and Carl, at the sea level um, over at AOM World, so uh, SMB MSP would sign up to uh, join the community and get involved in asset management. And then we're gonna sign you up for the asset management tool we developed, right? So think of it first as an asset management tool. And then part of that tool is to skew up the consumption of, of what is effectively third-party maintenance or AOM, but it's very efficient. Scott, to your point, it happens uh, instead of days, it happens in minutes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, one thing that we didn't touch on too is um, the backbone behind maintenance is asset management. Right, we we partnered with IATAM, this international organization around asset management. I think she's got one hundred twenty thousand members globally, and we always steal her line: "If you're not managing your assets, you're not managing your business." Well, <laughs> that was said by her for the end user, really. Right, that's really she with the target she was going after. But again, because we're disty guys, we're channel guys, it's never been more important for the distributor and the reseller. If you don't know what you sold to your customer. How can, you, how can you manage their business, right? Not to mention our tool is free, right? We're not a software company, we're a maintenance company. We want the maintenance down the road. Well, so. and, and that's a really critical point is mm -hmm. that uh, our, with air quotes, competitors, um, and God bless them, but they, they have tools, okay, fair enough, but they charge to use the tool. But because of our business model going through DISTI, this tool is, is free, it's complimentary. So uh, if I have, let's say, a whatever, a ProLiant DL380, and I want to extend the, the support for it, uh, do I just like put in my serial number and you go figure out which SKU I need to purchase from Ingram or whoever? So here's what's really cool about our, the portal we're talking about that's an asset management. We've tied every part number to distribution, right? So you mentioned a DL380. Uh, GA, G9, right? It will, if you have the serial number in the asset management tool, it'll automatically detect what model you have and then give you a quote or for the end user, it would give you a budget right then and there, right? So you could have in there, it would say, um, you, you could click, I want two years of eight by five next business day and you can get a quote right then and there. If not in the portal, then yeah, you would go through the distribution model, um, get a quote from, distribution from, your, from your reseller partner. Very cool. So um, I will say uh, we need to um, also talk about AOM.world, which is a website, .world. I've, I've not been to a .world domain until I looked at yours. <laughs> so tell us what AOM World is all about. Sure, I'll, I'll take a stab at that. So um, I've been working with Scott for, uh, well, before we know it, two years to, to kind of build out the messaging as well as the features and functionality of the asset management tool and, and this whole motion. And they have that motion in place at the data center level and, and some other um, tiers. So my job was to develop a SMB nation-like community surrounding asset management and, and quite frankly, get SMB nation members and other MSPs in our space to come over and join and educate themselves with content, podcasts, ebooks, downloadables, et cetera. And then we're going to sign you up for this asset management tool that you can use for free from day one. 
But Carl, long story short is I kind of took best of breed. I took the things I think we do well at SMB Nation as a community. I took uh, some of what I liked over at um, Spiceworks. And this is important because Spiceworks grew their ecosystem with that free RMM tool. A lot of people kind of forget that, but that's actually how they started was a, a free right. tool. And uh, the founder is a friend of the family here in Austin, Texas. We get together for barbecue quarterly and he kind of helps us understand what they did. And then another one would have been what Scott mentioned, IATAM, the International Association of IT Asset Managers, primarily IT Pro, but they're a trade association that has events and certifications and their certifications are meaningful. I mean, these are earned certifications that you put behind you on your white wall at, at the Boeing company, right? <laughs> you, you can show the boss that you're on a professional pathway. So that's on our roadmap, but I took best of breed and it all starts at AOM World and sign up. We're going to personally onboard you. We're going to get you to start using the asset management tool for free, but it's a fairly simple strategy or Scott, I hope it is. I mean, yeah. I <laughs> no, absolutely. No, absolutely. We want to, um, we want to create that community because again, we, we feel very strongly in, in distribution and, and, and the channel and, and, keeping our customers, our end users, the customers end users um, safe from being poked from somebody else, right? And one, one big thing, I don't know if we can talk about the DEI portion of it as well. No, yeah, um, it sounds like a good segue. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so, so DEI, diverse equity inclusion has never been more important. The social climate around diversity today is, is, is massive, right? right. Um, with that $1.3 trillion bill that just passed along with that bill came a, a new program by the government you know everyone's familiar with the sba small business administration well now they've created the minority business development agency right and part of that 1.3 trillion dollars when they're talking about infrastructure yeah it's going to go to roads and bridges as well but a lot of the infrastructure they're talking about they mean it infrastructure they mean broadband and and and, and fiber to all the smaller communities out there in america right so um if people want part of that money they have to spend money with a diverse program. So we are a manufacturer, right? Because we also, we also offer hardware as well, third-party hardware and third-party maintenance, just like Cisco does. But we're a minority and veteran-owned manufacturer, right? So when partners, especially big guys like CDW or Dell that don't have a diversity stamp, we can they can partner with us. And now the end user and the reseller and everybody on the channel is participating in a diverse equity inclusion model. Right, so they get that stamp. So it's never been more important. Yeah, and Carl, my question to you, because um, you're in a couple of different communities, and, mm -hmm. and I've been a little bit busy serving Scott and his uh, conglomerate. Um, <laughs> is that a conversation? Uh, DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion. Is that a conversation going on out there? Absolutely. Well, you know, at CompTIA, which is one of the communities I work with. Uh, they have a great community. In fact, the Advancing Tech Talent and Diversity community at CompTIA is the fastest growing community they have. And, uh, you know, added something like 2,500 members this year. So uh, it's- these members, are they reseller members? So uh, there are all kinds of people. It's like anybody who is a CompTIA member can join that community. Um, and, uh, but it's also important that 
people are having these conversations of how do I create a diverse workplace, right? And a lot of people in SMB say, well, there's only six of us, you know, we, or there's only 10 of us. Like they, uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I hire my friends, I hire my college roommate, you know, whatever. Um, and so, you know, how do, how do I break into actually uh, looking at diversity and, and, you know, to the extent that people want to use it for marketing, how do I get that stamp, right? So it's, it is an ongoing conversation and it's, it sort of came out of, I wouldn't say came out of nowhere, but it, it, it was very minimal until just a couple mm-hmm. of years ago. And now it's uh, yeah. front, front and center. It's as soon as we bring it up, people's eyes get wide because we sit at the very top of the channel. Again, you know, we were, we're a manufacturer that's minority veteran owned. So that means that everyone that's purchasing product from ZPI and all of our brands are, are, are participating in a DEI model, right? Now you've got that stamp. Um, think of the small, think of the small CLEC in Iowa that, that's being forced to, if they want some of this government money for broadband or for, for right, you've got this little small CLEC that handles a, a tiny community in the middle of the country and they want diverse equity inclusion. <laughs> They're saying, we don't, there's just, we don't, we don't mind doing it, but I'm in the middle of Iowa. There's not too much diversity for me here. <laughs> so, you know, guys like us solve a pretty big problem for a lot of the country. Well, you know, when I first sold Cisco or first bought Cisco uh, back in the early 90s, um, they made a big point of the fact that they were a woman-owned business, a small woman-owned business at the time. So, <laughs> Really? Uh, yeah. That's interesting. Oh, that's very interesting. I didn't know about that. So back back in the day. So very cool. So what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you or to find out information? Um, uh, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. So it all starts at that vanity domain AOM.world. And um I'll uh, I'll I'll see the signups come in and we have a team that's ready to onboard you. And and Carl, you know, the bottom line is this is an opportunity for SMB MSPs to add another revenue source. When you look at a diverse portfolio point of view, which is kind of where we're at today, right? With the the different services you can offer as an MSP, this is yet another service that has very high margins for relatively low work. Scott, I mean, the MSP can make double digit margins for a very simple and, and, safe and secure sale, right, to mm-hmm. protect the client. Well, with, the, with this economic slowdown, people are going to have to f- fill the hole somehow. And, and one of the best ways for high margin incremental revenue is maintenance. Well, we're also at this interesting point in history. I personally, uh, Harry knows this, I did SMB uh, uh, pre-day events for 10 years on getting to the cloud. <laughs> Right. And now people are finally like, oh, of course, cloud is the only option. But there's a handful of people that are holding out. No, I, until until what whichever you know owner dies, we are not going to the cloud. Well, somebody's got to do maintenance on those servers um, right. for the last holdouts. And, you know, there we're sort of in this period of transition where, you know, there's literally a whole layer of technology that has to continue to work until something big happens and there's a change and somebody says, all right, take it all to the cloud. Right. And there's still a lot of, a lot of verticals too, right? Medical with, with HIPAA and banking. Yeah. They're not cloud. They, that's all on-prem, right? 
Yeah, um, well, especially some of the really big imaging systems like the medical imaging, uh, they're not going to write to a cloud drive. <laughs> they're going to write yeah, to a local drive. Yeah. It, it might get backed up to the cloud, but it's it's not going to be native. So very sure. cool. Uh, any wow. final words before we go? We got just a couple minutes left. Well, Scott, any final summary words? To I, no, I appreciate the time. I appreciate the, the, the tidbit on the CompTIA. Um, we'll definitely look into joining that community as well, right? We're already a member of CompTIA, but um, we definitely want to be part of that, that DEI community. But thanks again for the time and the, the interest in AOM. We appreciate it. And what, what I would add, uh, Carl, since I know a lot of your community, happy to have one-on-one -on -one conversations. Just had one with a longtime SMB Nation member from 2003 earlier today for 45 minutes, and he signed up at AOM World. <laughs> I'll, take that call. I'll take that call. Very good. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, so send me your LinkedIn profile links, and I'll put those in the show notes as well. And uh, tell like literally 37 seconds. Tell us about the uh, the book download that you have at uh, AOL A AOM World. Sure. So uh, the book is uh, a 60-page book that sort of uses a modern layout, right? So it's it's not a textbook from college or a book in the pew at church. Um, and it's meant to be uh, less than a one-hour read. And it, it's A to Z about where we were with third-party maintenance and then where we're at with AOM. And so very quickly on a plane ride, now that many of us are returning to flights on a short plane ride, Carl, <laughs> in the state of California, you can get up to speed. So it's analogous to the, the design idea behind this was uh, a booth book, what we used to call a booth book or a, a dummies right. or an idiot's book, right? So we took some of that paradigm and we distilled it down to a fairly short conversation that lays out the, MS, the, the opportunity for channel partners as well as the fact that we're here to protect you. Very good. So uh, I've got a graphic from that book. Uh, I'll go ahead and put that on the uh, site at SMB Community Podcast. So if folks want to go over there and take a look at that, it sort of lays out the ecosystem of the alternative to OEM maintenance. All righty. Yeah. Scott Lopez and uh, Harry Brelsford, thank you for being with us today. This has been another SMB Community Podcast. Thanks again. Thank you for tuning in to the SMB Community Podcast. If you found this useful, interesting, or fun, please subscribe, share with your friends, and give us a thumbs up on your favorite social media. Please check out the show notes at smbcommunitypodcast.com and give us your feedback.